I grew up in East Harlem, Spanish Harlem, El Barrio, on 110th Street and 2nd Avenue. That's where I'm from, 21, 27, 2nd Avenue. It's still there. Uh, I visited the building about six months ago, and I felt so comfortable there. I hadn't been there for years. That's home to me, Harlem, not the Upper East Side where I live right now. It's actually Spanish Harlem, East Harlem, El Barrio. So um, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you didn't eat too much. You know, I'm single, and I know what it is sometimes to be alone on Thanksgiving. So if any of you were alone, my heart goes to you, and hopefully next Thanksgiving for you will be a bit better. So I'll tell you what we'll do. We will put the scripture reading up. I'll read it. I'll pray for you, and then we'll get into the, the sermon. Okay, how's that? Great. Okay, far, sorry about that. Uh, this is Mark chapter 9, God's word. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you praying? What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who was possessed by a spirit that robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive the spirit out, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or the water to kill him. But if, but if you could do anything, Take pity on us and help us. If you can, as said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and stood up. So let's pray. Father, just want to thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, and love. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here, Lord. There's so many other things we could be doing on Sunday morning, Lord, but we're here in your house. And we thank you for drawing us to you. So, Lord, I pray, Father, as I speak, you would use my mouth, Lord, and my hands, I'm, Lord, uh, just the, the word that will glorify you, bless you, and just impart something special to my brothers and sisters today, Lord, that we be changed today, that we believe not the same, we be a little bit more like you, Jesus. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here we go. So the title of our message today is A Real discussion about faith, a real or genuine discussion about faith. You know, um, me, I was telling Chris before, I love God's word. I love to speak the word of God. But when I speak, I also have to be real about myself. I like to share myself, the good, the bad, the ugly, the struggles. I'm not into religion as like putting out, oh, I'm doing great. If I'm having a rough day, I'll tell you. I'll tell my pastor, I'll tell my friends. And if I'm having a good day, I'll be honest. But I always go to God whether it's a good or bad day. So that's a little bit who I am. So I'm, we're doing this discussion about faith for two reasons, right? Uh, we're entering Advent in about a week, right? And then we'll be celebrating 
the birth of Jesus, which is a big part of our faith in a couple of weeks. And then a couple of months after that, we have Good Friday and Easter Sunday, which is the culmination of our faith. So those are two most important dates for believers as far as our faith. But the other reason I want to share the sermon today is, you know, this year, I'll be honest with you guys, like I said, I've been struggling somewhat. I mean, I love the Lord, I've been following him, but I've been having struggles, uh, just some doubts. You know, like an area or two where I've been praying, waiting on God, and I don't see it happening. And I'm saying, God, do you love me? Even God, are you there? Are you on the other side of the phone? Are you answering me, Lord? Uh, do you care? I know this is tough, but do you care about these two areas, Lord? Uh, uh, uh. Right? And you know what? It, it, it's tough because when I, you know what it is? When I'm waiting a long time for something, when I'm waiting for God to come through days, weeks, months, maybe years, I struggle. Or when I see other people, my brothers and sisters or someone else, getting that thing. Not that I'm jealous or envious of them, but I say, Lord, what about me? Is that going to have ever happened for me? And, you know, perhaps, not criticize it, maybe you've been there. Or maybe you're there today, as my sister said. You know, maybe there's an area or two you've been waiting on God, hoping, praying. You love God, but, you know, you're struggling, saying, God, do you have this for me? You know, the, the, the amazing thing about this, what we just read, that guy, I believe in you, Lord. I love you, Lord, but help my unbelief. What a, what a word, what a thing to say. I, and we'll, we'll develop that. I think what he's saying is, Lord, I believe in you. I believe that you're real. But I'm struggling with my faith in this area. Will you really come through for me here, Lord? What, do you have this for me? Are you going to really, you care about my son? Are you going to bring healing, drive out that demon? Do you care about finances, my health, my future, my kids? So let me ask you a question today. No hands raised. What area of your life do you sometimes struggle with in your faith? Maybe, or maybe you're struggling today, and that's okay. God knows your heart. If you're struggling, he loves you. Maybe it's finances your health, it's a relationship, maybe you're single, you want to meet that special someone you've been waiting, maybe you're married, you want to have kids, or something about your kids, your finances, you're unemployed, your, your job, you're homeless, you're, you're, and you're concerned about your future, and maybe it's a little bit of a struggle for you. Um, sure, you have seen him come through in many areas of your life, but sometimes we wrestle. Um, and and uh, could you put the first slide up, please, if you don't mind? Uh, it's about the, the, uh, the synonyms about faith. Yeah. So I Googled some syn synonyms about faith, okay? And it's trust, belief, confidence, conviction, credence, reliance, dependence, optimism, hopefulness, and expectation. Now, I assume most of all of you are people of faith that believe in God, believe in Christ. You're here today, right? But whether you are or not, even if you're not a Christian, I contend that everyone puts their faith in something. Everyone puts their faith in something. So if you've got anybody take an airplane here, right? Or the train or the bus, right? Well, you're putting your faith in the pilot, right? The driver of the train, the subway, the bus, that they're gonna get you to your arrived destination safe and sound, right? You are. I know you ultimately say it's God, but you're putting your trust in that person. Or you're sitting on that chair, yes. Pray about giving for that chair. We need chairs, right? But you're putting your faith and trust, that chair is going to hold out for the next 45 minutes. It's not going to break, and you're going to fall down on the floor. Or, you know, if you go to your favorite restaurant, you're putting faith in the chef that he's going to put good ingredients. So that burger or that pork chop or that chicken is good. It tastes real, right? So we all, even if you're not a believer, 
we all put our faith in something, okay? Some people put their faith in the political system. Some people put their hopes in the government, mother nature, mankind, the stars, the horoscope, right? Other people put it in Hollywood stars, the lotto, the Mets, the Yankees, the Giants, the Jets, the Rangers, the Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, right down the block, or some cause you hold on to. But you see, we all put our faith in something or someone. We all, to some extent, extend our faith-based people. Now, this is going to be a little tough for you, so bear with me, all right? It may be tough for you. But I, I, I just honest, okay? I have thought to myself times that I struggled. What happens if what I believe, some of it if I believe, is not 100% in line with reality? I've asked myself that question. Let me tell you something. I'm not talking about you. A lot of people never ask any questions, but I believe the way you grow in your faith with God is sometimes to ask questions. In the struggle, God meets us. It's good to name and claim the Bible. I do that. That's part of it. But I think it's also good to ask questions. Say, Lord, I'm struggling right now. Because just as that man in the verse said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. God knows when you're struggling with your faith. He knows our hearts and he loves us. So for me, it's best to be honest, to be real with it, to be honest with other people. That's how I believe in the struggle that our faith grows. Um, so I brought this up to a guy who led a home group to us. I asked that question, what if our faith, I believe, but what happens if the faith is, our faith is a little bit off from what the reality is? And he looked at me, his face turned red. He got angry. He said, what? What are you talking about? He says, I put my faith in this. I, my family's put all my hope and trust in this. If there's a possibility that's going to happen, man, I'd be so angry. I had a discussion later on with my pastor at the church. I said, you know, I believe God. And I wasn't struggling at all. And I said, what happens, the same question, what happens, pastor, if what I believe is a little bit off from reality? He says, I don't think there's a chance of that. But you know what? Even if in the slightest it was, do you know a better way to live life, to live life for God, for something higher than you, to live life to care for other people, the poor, the least of us, rather than ourselves? Could you tell me a better way to live life? And I was uh, talking to a friend of mine about the two responses, and he said, you know, the young man in the home group, he's a, probably he's a Christian, he's probably a little immature. He's probably thinking about, I'm putting my faith in this. God or life owes me something, you see, because I have faith God owes me something where the past was saying, you know what? I'm just grateful to live life this way. I'm just grateful God that life lived this way. So um, it was very interesting. It's a scary question, like I said, but it helps us to reveal our, really our spirituality. What am I in this for? What is my faith based on? Is it to get something for myself? There's nothing wrong with wanting things from God, having people pray for us, but is it really for God, for his glory? to grow my relationship with him, and to bless others, to serve others. So what is uh, the, and you saw the two responses from the young guy leading the home group and the, uh, and the pastor. See, it's easy to have faith when we have all the answers, right? Right? It's almost, that's more like science. You know, oh, I believe because I can see it. I believe because God gives me all the answers. But if you think about it, right? Sometimes people ask Jesus questions. They ask them, why this, why that, Lord? How come this, how come that, right? Sometimes he answered. Sometimes he didn't give an answer. Sometimes he answered why, how? By asking them a question, by giving them a parable, right? So he didn't always answer their faith-based questions. Um, 
Yeah, the Bible tells us that it alludes to the fact that some things are only reserved for God. God reveals things to us bit by bit in this life, but he may not reveal everything to us, right? And that's what faith's based on. Is it okay? Are you okay with not knowing everything? Especially when we look at our past, why did my parents do this? Why did the divorce happen? Why did that person hurt me? That stuff is tough, and maybe you've been through that. I'm sorry if you have, right? But we may never get, I've been asking questions of God for years, and I may never get the answer on this earth. But am I still going to follow Jesus, even though he doesn't give me all the answers about my faith and my walk with him, right? Uh, now, when I was struggling recently, here's a couple of things that helped me bring me back to God and my faith. I remember when I went to New Life Fellowship, I wasn't a Christian, and Pastor Pete Scazzaro back in Queens was sharing about Jesus and his love for people on Easter Sunday. And he asked, who wanted to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And my hand went up. It wasn't like I said, okay, I'll do it. My hand was propelled up. I couldn't go, and I started crying and everything. I'll never forget that day. There was another time when I was having nightmares for nine straight days, okay, bad dreams. And then one night I was sitting in the kitchen and I started to pray and I heard a voice in my ear, it was an audible voice that said, Daryl, for the nightmares, why don't you just go in the room and pray? You don't have to jump and down, up and down, just pray for a couple of minutes. So I went in the room, I prayed for three minutes, that was the end of the nightmares. I remember that to today. I remember I had a friend of mine, to give, uh, he used to, before I became a Christian, him and his fiance used to invite me over. Let's say Monday, hey, Daryl, you want to come over for dinner this week? And I'd say, yeah, sure. And then I would cancel out. Hey, Daryl, you want to go to movies this week? And I'd say, yeah, sure. And I'd cancel out. Hey, you want to go to a ball game this year? Yeah, sure. I'd cancel out. I, I was like that with people. And then I read a scripture after I became a Christian when Jesus says to the disciples, but I say to you, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I started meditating on that and saying, let your yes be yes. I like that. And you know, be no. Let you. And I felt something in my heart and my spirit. God was saying, Daryl, I love you, but this is you. You're very sloppy with people. You're not a man of your commitments. When you say yes to something, you should make as much effort as you can to follow through because I'm a God of my word and I'm lovingly in asking you to be a man of your word. But I remember that day too. So my question to you is, when you struggle with your faith, with your walk with God or your spirituality, what things could you go back to? What has God revealed to you? What has God spoken to you through his word, through your brothers and sisters here, through experiences, through life that you say, you know what? Yeah, I know I'm struggling, but God is real. I know God has been there for me and he will come through again. You know, Pastor Pete in New Life Fellowship uh, spoke years ago and he said, you know, if the earth, you know, it, it rotates, if it moved one eighth of an inch, an eighth of an inch, I can't, we can't even see it, right? Off the circumference, it's at the earth, we'd all burn to a crisp. I don't mean to scare you, one eighth of an inch, we'd all be, because we'd be closer to the sun. I'm gonna tell you something, we love mother nature, but I don't wanna bank on mother nature preventing that happening. I don't wanna present good luck. You know, some of my workmates, I love them, but they do a lot of this knock on wood. I don't want to be knocking on wood about the earth moving an eight from the conference and we'll all be burning up. I'm sorry. Besides, you knock on wood, my hand hurts. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We want to depend and trust God that he's in control of the earth's circumference, right? Um, now, here's the thing. The interesting thing about faith is the Bible tells us that without faith, 
we can't please God, right? We need faith to please God. We need to believe in God that he could come through for us. But who gives us the faith? God, the Holy Spirit. So it's two sides of a coin, right? You all, each of you here have spiritual gifts that God has given you through the Holy Spirit. There's about 32 of them. If you've never taken a spiritual gifts class, I encourage you to do it. It's great. So you know how God has equipped you to serve people. You know, for example, I'm not bragging. You know, mine are teaching, speaking, giving when I can, praying for people, uh, compassion, encouraging people. But there's a lot of other uh, gifts out there, and many of you have many gifts. And I encourage you to seek God and maybe take a spiritual gift class here or maybe online. You could do it just to find what your spiritual gifts are so you could serve the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ. Um, now, uh, could you, are you... Um, Back, could you put up Mark 9 again, verses 21 to 24? Could we do that? Is that possible? Or I, or I could just read it for us. Yeah, oh, thank you. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if he can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my belief. Now, notice Jesus' response to this man. Did he say, get out of here, you heretic? How come you're questioning me? How come you're questioning God? Did he say that? No. He had pity on him. He loved him. He saw that he was struggling with his faith, and he didn't charge at him. He had compassion. He had mercy on him, okay? Um, I believe that Jesus touched the boy and healed him because the man was struggling, but he believed in Jesus, and the man was vulnerable. He was honest with where he was, and that's why it's important for me, for us to be honest with God, okay? Now, so God requires faith, but sometimes he'll grant us what we ask for, we pray for, even when we're wrestling with our faith, right, as you just saw. Why? Well, there's two reasons. Because like we said, Jesus loves us. He has compassion on us. He understands our struggles, right? Also, because faith is not equation or formula driven. What do I mean? Well, in other words, if my, on a scale of one to 10, if my faith is eight or higher, then God's going to bless me and answer the prayer. But if it dips to seven and a half or seven, he's not going to answer my prayer. Then it will be based on my works, my, my religion, my effort. And that's not God, right? It's not based on our efforts, our works. It's based on his grace. We need to do works for God, right? To show our faith, but it's really based on him, God, and his faith. Okay, could you put up the second slide? Uh, on the evening of the first day, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and, and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, uh, they sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not, not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord, my God. 
Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I like that last part. Because you have seen me, I believe, Thomas. But blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. What does that mean? God loves everyone. God loves atheists. We want them to come to know the Lord, right? But you here are all blessed. Why? We don't see God visibly, right? We, we don't see him visibly. I mean, you know, his face, everything. But you believe. You may struggle sometimes with doubts, right? You may wrestle with your faith. But you believe, right? And because of that, God says you are blessed. You are blessed and highly favored, all of you. Even though you struggle, I love you. So that's to encourage you, okay, that even though you struggle sometimes with your faith, God loves you, okay? Um, and and the thing about uh, God and faith is that, you know, sometimes I hear sermons, and this is important, when we go through trials, we go through sufferings, the most important thing is to have God's presence, and we want God's presence in your life. Would you imagine not having God in your life when you're going through trials, hardships, situations, right? But in addition to that, we also want to see God do great things, right, in, the, in, in, in our lives, in the lives of people, right? So if you put up the next slide, slide three, please, third slide. There's a difference between wrestling, struggling with our faith at times, which we're doing today, uh, which we're talking about today, and low-balling or minimizing who God is and what he can do. So, next, next, I'm sorry, could you put the next slide, please? Now, to whom is, to him, God, who is, a, I should have capitalized, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all our generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you believe that whatever situation you may be facing now, whatever trial you're facing, that whatever you think the outcome is, God could do exceedingly in abundance of what you think or imagine? Do you believe in the power of God, even though you may struggle with your faith sometimes, that he could, whatever best outcome you could see, he could do far more than that for you? Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. A word of encouragement for that. Um, yeah, so scripture tells us with God all things are possible, right? Let me give you a good testimony. When I was back at that church, New Life Fellowship, we had a woman, Sue Stacy, she had a, a brain tumor. And they didn't give it much hope. And the doctor says, we'll try to operate, but we don't think it's going to work and it's not good for her. Some brothers in the church, I was new, I didn't participate in this, but there were about eight of them. They shaved their heads like the Old Testament. Right? And they fasted and prayed every day for a week. So it was a day before the surgery, and one doctor said, you know what, let's take some more x-rays just to make sure, and tomorrow we'll do the surgery. The other doctor calls him up to hours late. He says, listen, I got news for you. I don't think we need the surgery. He says, what do you mean we don't need the surgery? He says, we can't find a tumor. He says, what do you mean it was there yesterday? He says, all we see is scar tissue. Well, the doctors didn't understand what happened, right? But we know what happened. We know what happened to Sue Stacy, right? True, and she's alive today, 35 years later. Well, there you go. So do you believe that God could do great miraculous things, that he could be, make a way where it seems to be no way? Now, here's, but we have to be real. So put up the next slide, please. Slide five, I think it is. All these people, talking about people in the Old Testament, were still living by faith when they died. 
They did not receive the things promised, but they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on this earth. Here's the reality. There's some of the things that we pray for. God's going to answer our prayers, but some of the things we pray for God's going to do miraculously or answer our prayers here, right? But there's some things that may come to fruition later on. We may not see on this earth. We may be, go with, be with the Lord. You know, some of us are praying for what? Against social injustice, right? We have racism, poverty, poor, homeless, elderly. We're praying for world peace, for an end of violence. You know what? I preached on Genesis once, you know, the creation story. And what I said that God could have created, spoken all at once, but it was a process over seven days. And sometimes God works through processes. He works through the Holy Spirit, through the Bible, but, but he works through processes. We want everything right away, right? We're a microwave society, but sometimes God works in his time, and it's longer than we like. But, so some of these things, the process may not com be complete while we're still here, right, on earth. But that doesn't mean we give up. Do we stop praying? Do we stop uh, believing? So, um, okay, could you uh, put up the next slide, six? Okay, faith is continuing to press on and follow God, although you may not get the answer to your prayer now or to your question why or to your question why not. Again, you may not get all your answers in the time you wanted, but are we still going to follow God? Faith is, I don't have all the answers. My prayer is not answered yet, but I'm still going to follow God and trust in him. That's faith. It's not, I'm not criticized. Not what, when I get, when God answers me, my prayer, when I see the answer to my question, then I'm going to follow God. That's not the way it works, my brothers and sisters. I'm talking to myself, too. I'm not just talking to you, okay? Uh, have you ever heard, and we have a couple minutes left in the sermon. Uh, I'm not even looking at the time, but uh, have you heard some people say faith religion is a crutch only for needy people? Has anybody ever said, heard that before, right? My, my brother-in-law years ago told me that, and we had this discussion. And here's the way I look at it, Okay. Have you ever broken your foot or sprained your ankle? I have sprained my ankle. It's painful, right? I've seen, and it's hard to get around. I've seen kids, I've seen the elderly walk around on crutches because it has happened, all right? It's not easy. They need the crutches to support them. But when I see people, whether it's children or the elderly or middle-aged, trudging on crutches because they broke their foot or sprained their ankle, I don't see it as a sign of weakness. I see it as a sign of strength, right? You just, the, crutch, the crutches don't do automatic. You have to make a decision to get up. You have to make a decision. It's going to be hard to learn about those crutches and walk with them, right? And the same thing when it comes to God. I see it going to God as a strength. When I'm, when I'm struggling, when I'm weak, when I need prayer, when I come up to the service of prayer, ask people to pray for me, that's not weakness. That's strength. I'm stepping out in faith, going to God, believing that through prayer and through his grace and power, he's going to do something for me, right? Yeah. So... So if someone says, you know, your religion is a crush, say, hallelujah, thank you, God bless you, okay? Um, okay, did you ever wonder or ask why, God, don't you just show yourself to us physically? Have you ever said that? God, why can't I see you? Why don't you show yourself? Could you put up the, uh, oh, Mark 9, could you put up again? I just want to read verse 18 and 19. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, dashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked the disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. 
you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. You had the disciples, people around Jesus seeing miracles. They still didn't believe he said who he was. I Googled something. If God appeared today, showed his faith, Jesus came back today, or God appeared, what would happen? It says that you would still have a lot of skeptics, even more than the time of Jesus. God could come, Jesus come and do miracles, and you'd still have more skeptics than the time he's around. So, you know, it wouldn't make a difference to many people. It wouldn't make a difference. Um, you know, uh, yeah. So if you could put up the uh, slide, we're almost finished here, slide seven, next to last slide. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. One of the big distinctions talking about the Christian faith is God is asking us to forgive our enemies. Now, enemies doesn't, it could mean the devil, but he doesn't mean him. It doesn't mean somebody that we hate necessarily. It could be someone we're in a relationship with, someone in our church, our spouse, our coworker, our boss, a friend that right now we're anonymity with, we're, we're struggling with, we're, the relationship is strained, right? God is asking us, and I know it's hard, to pray and to make, step out in faith and make, be the first one to help resolve the conference. Uh, the conflict, go to the person, even though it's hard. Be real, but to linger in anger, hatred, or whatever it is, is not God's will for us. Okay? Um, so if you put the uh, last verse, last slide up, and I'll pray for us. Uh, Yes, I'm gonna, I want you to think about uh, an area that we, you know, or two that you're struggling with now with your faith. An area that you're struggling to believe God with. Could be your health, could be your finances, could be relationship, could be your children, it could be your future. I'll just give you a half a minute to think about that. What is that area too that you're struggling with, wrestling with? God, will you come through with me for me? God, I love you. I want to believe. Help my unbelief today, Lord, that you could do this, that you want to do this for me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Hmm. Okay, let me read this for you. It's by Joyce Meyer. I like Joyce Meyer. I read some of her devotionals. Maybe you know her. Okay, and we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe, First Thessalonians. And here's what Joyce said about that. As long as we continue to believe God, continues to work in us and for us. Sometimes when I get discouraged because I don't feel that God is doing anything in my life or about my problems, I remember that as long as I keep believing, he keeps working. I even say aloud, I'm believing and God is working. This always makes me feel better and reminds me that God is helping me even if I don't see the results yet. God is also working in your life even when you don't see anything happening. And he is present with you even when you don't feel he is near. Don't determine what God is doing or not doing based on how you feel and what you see. Make your determinations based on his word and his promises to you. Keep believing and be assured that he is working. Very soon he will unveil what he has been doing and you'll be pleasantly surprised and overjoyed. Expect something good to happen any moment. And here's a prayer. I'll pray for you. Father, I will continue doing my part, which is to believe. And I know that you will continue working in my life. Help me be patient when it seems you are taking a long time. I trust that your way is best. 
In Jesus' name, amen.